Hey, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, let me add my word of welcome to all of you here today. Uh, my name's Mark, and uh, it's been a long time since I've been here. It is so good to be here with you at Trinity Green Trails. Uh, I've been preaching a lot at our Galewood campus, where, by the way, I'm really uh, thrilled to announce we have a new site pastor. His name's Eric Holly, and, uh, and he's preaching there this morning, so I can be here with you today. So it is just a joy uh, and a privilege to be with you. Would, would you guys bow your heads, and would you pray together with me? Lord, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think as we meditate on your word for us today, Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O oh God, who is indeed our rock in our Redeemer, and who, as Erica said, is a God not of rules, but of relationship. Amen. So this is the sixth week of this Being Challenge, where we've been looking at these keystone habits of Jesus, and it's the Seek Solitude Week. Um, now, I want to tell you about one of my own experiences with solitude. When I first came here to Trinity, it was 20 years ago this month. Isn't that amazing? When I first came here to Trinity, someone had given me some advice. They said, take one day a month and just spend it alone with God. And I thought that was just a great idea. And so, um, so my first month here at Trinity, I, I booked a room at a retreat center nearby in Wheaton. And I was just going to spend the day alone with God. And that morning I, I went and I was really excited, eager to see with anticipation what God was going to do. And I, I, I checked in at the front desk. And, uh, and as I was checking in, they told me, they said, well, now, you know about our, our vow of silence rule, right? And I was like, What? They said, we have a vow of silence. Once you go through those doors, no talking, no speaking at all. You have to be silent all day. And I'm like, okay. Um, and, and so the morning went pretty well. I was in my little room by myself, and I was reading God's word, and I was, um, and I was praying, and I was just spending some time listening to God and kind of getting caught up on some things with God. And it was just, it was a great morning. And then it came time for lunch. And, and now lunch, they told me, it was in the cafeteria down at the end of the hall. So, so I went into the cafeteria, and there's like 15 other people in there, and no one's saying a word, right? Because the whole vow of silence thing. And if you guys know me, I, I am like extrovert, right? And, and so to, to walk into a room of 15 strangers, all having a day with God, and, and not having a chance to talk to them and ask them who they were and why they were there and what was God telling them and stuff, it was just torture for me. So, so I grabbed my tray of food and I sat down, and, and, and like after two minutes, I'm like, I hate this. And, and so I'm like, I'm just going to shovel my food in and get back to my room. It was okay in there, right? So I shovel my food down, and I get up, and I turn and I turned a little too fast, and all my silverware went sliding off my tray and go clattering across the floor. And everybody looks up at me and gives me these dirty looks like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, jeez, I just don't. And then I realized I'd broken the vow of silence, and I'm like, oh, no, and I'm, i got to get out of here quick. So I leaned over to pick up the silverware, and my plate slid off onto the floor. And fortunately, it didn't break, but it sprayed food all over. And now people are just like almost growling at me, you know? I, I'm not welcome there anymore. Now, now I, I tell you this because this whole idea of solitude is one that we're just not that familiar with, um, is it? It's, it's not something, I don't know about you, but it's not something I was taught or trained in growing up or anything like that. But uh, as I said, we've been studying these keystone habits of Jesus. And, and just to remind you, a keystone habit is a habit that you can introduce into your life that will unintentionally carry over into other aspects of your lives as well. These are habits that aren't any harder to put in practice than any other habit, but they have a, like a multiplicative effect in our lives. They affect everything in our lives. 
And as we look at the life of Jesus, we see there were, there were these keystone habits that Jesus had in his life. And Zach Sender, the author of The Being Challenged, decided what he was going to do is he was going to look at all these habits in Jesus' life, and then he was going to go through the Gospels for each one and look at how many times they occurred, and he was going to take the top five for his book. And, and he told me he was shocked to see that Seeking Solitude was in that top five. He, he didn't expect that. But, but in fact, there are 39 different times in the Gospels where Jesus either goes away by himself for solitude or teaches or talks about solitude in our lives. And if it was one of the top five habits of Jesus, it's definitely something we should be paying attention to, shouldn't we? So, so first of all, this morning, I, w- I want to kind of show you that. Don't just take that at face value from me. I want to show you how Jesus put solitude into place in his lives, and he did it at a lot of different times. Like, for example, Jesus sought solitude before big things were about to happen in his life. We just heard read from Mark chapter 1 uh, that this, mor- this one morning Jesus got up early. Now he's just called his disciples. He's just started hanging out with his disciples there near where he was raised, near Nazareth in Capernaum where some of the disciples were from. And so they've just been spending a little bit of time together. But one morning Jesus gets up early, it says, and he goes away by an isolate, to an isolated self to pray. He, he seeks some solitude. And the disciples can't find him. And they don't know what's going on. And finally, Peter finds him and he says, Jesus, we've been looking all over for you. What's going on? And Jesus says, hey, it's time to go. It's, it's time to go and start speaking in all these different towns and all these different synagogues. In other words, Jesus knew he was about to depart on this first big trip during his ministry. So he knew before that trip, he needed some alone time with his heavenly father. And so he sought solitude before big things in his life. And we see this again and again during his ministry. But but it wasn't just before big things. Jesus also sought solitude after big things in his life. Now, in my Bible, the English Standard Version that I use for my Bible study, I I was looking at Mark chapter 6, the other reading you heard this morning. And these are the headings in my Bible over the different sections in that chapter. The first heading is Jesus rejected in Nazareth, in his own hometown. He gets rejected by people there. The second one is Jesus sends out the apostles. He he sends them away on their own to, to do their first mission work without him by their side. Um, and had to prepare them for that. And then the the third heading is the death of John the Baptist. Jesus' cousin and friend is beheaded, and that word of that comes to Jesus, and he finds out about John's death. And and then the fourth heading, and that is the feeding of the 5,000. Remember, the disciples came back, and and there's crowds there, and and Jesus ends up doing this amazing miracle and feeding 5,000 people. Now, I just want you to think about something. This all took place in a time period of 40 48, maybe 72 hours, two, three days. In two, three days, Jesus gets rejected in his hometown. He sends out his disciples. He celebrates with them when they come back all excited about what they've done. He feeds 5,000 people. Oh, yeah, and in the middle of it, he finds out his cousin and friend has been put to death. Maybe the three craziest days in Jesus' life to that point. So, so what did he do after that big few days? It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. And after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Jesus knew 
that after those days, that hectic time in his life, he needed some alone time with his heavenly father. He sought solitude after big things in his life. And you know what else? Jesus sought solitude right in the middle of big things in his life. Here's here's another pretty important week in Jesus' life. He comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and is welcomed by the crowds. He's teaching all week in the synagogue and and, and struggling against the religious leaders. And and, and then he celebrates the Lord's Supper and washes the disciples' feet on Monday, Thursday. Um, And then on Good Friday, he's arrested and, uh, and he's put on trial and he's beaten and he's crucified and he's buried before that sun goes down that night. Well, right in the middle of that, what does he do? After he celebrated the Lord's Supper, but before he gets arrested, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he takes a few of his disciples aside, and then he tells them to wait there while he goes off alone by himself three times, by the way, to spend a little quiet time, again, alone, a little solitude with his heavenly Father. Right in the middle of all that, Jesus carved out time for solitude. Uh, Here's another thing Jesus did. Jesus found time for solitude whenever he had big decisions to make in his life. Um, uh, Here's another example. Uh, Jesus has just been baptized, and now it's time for him to begin his ministry. And there's probably 20 different strategies that Jesus could employ beginning his earthly ministry. And, and there's hundreds of people he could choose for his disciples. And he's, he's, he's been, I'm sure he's been thinking about this his whole life, but now he's got to make some big decisions as he begins his ministry. So what does he do? He goes into the wilderness for solitude. Do you know how many days? 40. For 40 days of solitude and alone time with his heavenly father. When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm going to take 40 days and just be by myself? Jesus sought solitude after big things in his life. He sought solitude before big things in his life. He sought solitude during big things in his life. And whenever he had a big decision to make, he spent time alone with his heavenly father. Isn't that amazing? Now, I want to make sure that we understand what we mean by solitude, though. Because, you see, the earthly definition of solitude is you just, you're totally alone, right? I mean, we have this thing called solitary confinement where you're not around any other people, and it's torture, right? But that's not what we're talking about. When we talk about solitude, we're not talking about you finding time to be alone. We're talking about you finding time to be away from other people so you can be with the most important person in your life, your Heavenly Father, so, so solitude isn't separating yourself. Solitude is, in fact, spending time with God. And, uh, and, and an important aspect of solitude that you sometimes hear people talk about is meditation. That's, that's a really big thing nowadays. In fact, my, my Apple Watch even hits me up a few times a day to, to tell me to meditate. They call it mindfulness, right? And, and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, meditation is actually a biblical concept. It, the Bible talks about meditation uh, long before people started talking about it uh, in this kind of popular way. In, in fact, in Psalm 1, it talks about meditating on God's word day and night, right? So, so meditation is a biblical concept, but not Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation is emptying your mind of everything, not thinking about anything. But biblical meditation is filling your mind with God and with his word. So So solitude has an important role in our lives, and and I thought of an illustration to help you think about it. This is one of my favorite things in the world. These are my noise-canceling headphones, okay? Now, now, let me tell you about them. These are pretty cool, because I can put them on, 
And, and right now, they are in something called transparency mode, which means it's filtering out like I don't hear the air moving around in the room anymore, but I could, like if you talk to me right now, I could hear you perfectly clearly because the microphones are picking that up and they're feeding it into my ears and I could have a conversation with you with these on and it's great, but here's what happens. Watch this. I press this button. Oh, it just got quiet. I can't even hardly hear myself talk. And folks, that's what solitude is all about. Solitude is all about taking the, all right, pulled off my microphone along with my headphones, there you go. Solitude is all about taking some time to get away from all the distractions in the world around you. Anything that could get in the way of you focusing fully and completely on one thing, and that is your relationship with God. The great thing about those noise-canceling headphones is I can get on an airplane and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on around me and the jet noise and everything, but I put those on and, and, and put them in noise-canceling mode and if I'm watching something on my iPad or on my phone, I can fully focus on it. Nothing else distracts me. Not even the flight attendant with drink service, but they don't do that anymore anyway. So, right? so here's the challenge. How can you put that into practice in your life? How can you find a way to cancel out everything else going around you for a period of time so you can focus on your relationship with your God? You know, there's an amazing promise in God's word. This is in the book of James, and it's, it's simple, but it's profound when you think about it. God says to you that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. I, I love one, one translation. It says, come closer to God and he will come closer to you. Folks, that's an amazing promise. Think about it. The creator of the universe, the, the, the all-powerful, all-knowing God who has existed before time itself and will exist for eternity, he says to you, when you've got a minute, I'll be there. I don't know about you, but you know, it seems like now as we're starting to come out of COVID a little bit and starting to get back to some normalcy in our lives, you know, there's, I, it's like, there's like people I want to see. And so you, know, you call them up and you go, hey, I'd, I'd love to get together for lunch sometime. Ooh, yeah, that's going to be tough. Life's pretty busy. It's getting busy again, right? God never says that. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, here's my challenge for you this week. Find an hour. If you want to do more, great. If you want to do a half day or all day, go right ahead. But, but find an hour this week. And, and by the way, I'd encourage you, before you leave the service this morning, pull your phone out, find an hour, mark it down, schedule it. Get it on your calendar. I guarantee you, next week you'll be sitting here going, ooh, I didn't do that. Find an hour and seek solitude with your God. I'm going to give you just, just a few quick tips that I found that have worked for me. First of all, um, e either be alone somewhere, somewhere where you know no one else is going to interrupt you, or be alone in public. See, that's what I have to do. If I go somewhere by myself, truly by myself, it starts to drive me crazy. 
Again, I'm kind of an extrovert. And so here's what I found works for me. I, I go to a Starbucks and I find a quiet table in the corner and I put those noise-canceling headphones on and I put it in noise-canceling mode and, and I'm there and there's people around me, there's stuff going on, but, but I, can, I can just kind of be alone in that corner with God. And that really works well for me. Or, or maybe for you it'll be find a, a, a spot outside in the woods somewhere rather than indoors somewhere. Well, whatever it is, Find a place where for an hour or two or whatever you decide to do, you can be totally alone with God and then turn off your darn cell phone. Now you're going, wait a minute, I, I can't turn my phone off. I've got important you know, people that might, you know, my kid might get sick at school or something like that. You know you have this thing in your phone called do not disturb? And, and you can turn that on and you can set two or three phone numbers that if they call, it'll get through. So if it's, you know, mom who might be sick, she'll get through, but nobody else will. No emails, no text alerts, none of that stuff. Just turn it off. Put it in do not disturb. So nothing interrupts that time with God. I'm pretty sure if, if you got invited into the White House for an hour to be with Joe Biden this week, you'd make sure your phone was off, wouldn't you? Do it with God. How about this? Have a, have a pen and paper handy. Or, or maybe if you're a tech person, your notes app open and ready to go. Because here's what's going to happen. As soon as you start in that quiet time, these things that, that, that have been trying to get into your brain but, but couldn't get in there are going to start rushing in like, you forgot to pick up the dry cleaning yesterday, right? And, and, if, and so here's what you do. You have that pen and paper ready, and you go, okay, dry cleaning. Just jot it down, boom, then it's done, then you won't forget it. It'll be there when you get done with your time with God. But if you don't do that, here's what happens to me. I sit there the whole hour going, don't forget the dry cleaning, don't forget the dry cleaning. No, you're going to forget the dry cleaning, right? Just write it down, get it out of your head. And then finally, spend some time just being still and listening I mean, read God's word. Spend some time talking to God in prayer. Um, you know, but, but, but spend a little time just listening. Because you see, folks, God does still speak to people. In, uh, in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah needs to hear from God, and God takes him up on this mountain, and there's all this stuff going on. There's a thunderstorm, and there's lightning, and there's an earthquake, and all this stuff. But it says God wasn't in any of that. God's not in the, the cacophony that is your everyday life. But when, when the prophet finally hears from God, it's a still, small whisper. In solitude, you'll hear those whispers from God. Spend some time just listening. So one more time, here's the promise. God says to you today, draw near to me, and I'll be there for you. I will draw near to you. Now I'm going to invite the, the praise team to come back out, and uh, we're going to, this is not let you off the hook. I still want you to try to do an hour this week sometime, right? But, but in these few minutes right now, we're going to give you a little time, just a mini time of focus to connect with your God. And, uh, and so I, I want to encourage you to, to just stay seated during the song, just kind of get comfortable a little bit, and, and, and do whatever you need to do. If, if sometimes when Jesus prayed, he, he would, he would, put his face up to heaven. Uh, other times he, he, he put his face down to the ground. Wh whatever works for you, just take a few minutes and kind of forget where you're at, 
Forget who you're with except for one person, for with your God. Let's spend some time with our Heavenly Father right now.